you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Car to the end zone. It's Thomas reaching for it. Is he out of bounds or inbounds? Touchdown is the Atoll. That's caught on the run. Christian Kirk inside the 20. He goes, and Christian Kirk takes the ball all the way to about the one-yard line. Car. To the end zone, off the fingertips of Moreau. Could not hold it in. Ooh, Foster Moreau dropped what could have been the game tying touchdown or who knows maybe the saints would have gone for two they threw a fade on fourth down in the red zone that didn't work either the jaguars escape 31 to 24 in a game that was you know not as entertaining as that score would say but more entertaining than we thought it was going to be about halfway through when it looked like the jaguars were going to run away with this i'm greg rosenthal Wrapping up TNF with Charles McDonald from Yahoo. Uh, you helped us out a year ago, Charles. He's the host of the Exemplus podcast, doing good stuff over at Yahoo Sports. Thanks for joining, Charles. Glad we got a good one for you. Yeah, well, I was a little worried when the as this game was going on in the first half, but luckily the Jaguars kind of you know did what they've done all year and, and mess around in the second half and let the other team get back into it, but. They were blessed by the grace of God, really, to have Foster Moreau drop that touchdown uh, at the end of the game and, and give them the win. But man, that was a really, really sloppy game. Like, yeah. like, like you said, it, it, the the final score does not it's, it was not an in, 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 indicator of how uh, competitive or close that actually was. Right. Uh, there, there's so much, and I and I do think this tends to happen on TNF games. I used to think it was just something people complained about on Thursday nights because like half of these early you know slate games on Sundays they're just they're ugly too but now I really do think there is something to it not having that time to to get ready and to recover your body and and everything that goes along with it so so this was an ugly game but it ended up being entertaining and I I'm trying to check myself because you know I I went to school in New Orleans I follow the Saints team closely and they feel like the main characters to me in this game, the ups and the downs, and they're the home team. And yeah, I will start with the Jaguars here because they are five and two, and they've managed to get through a, a tricky part of the schedule uh, where they were in London for two games. They come back, they have a division game, and then a short week on the road in New Orleans. They get to five and two, and, and you said it, Charles. Every week they come out, and their opening script, is is godlike i mean press taylor who's calling plays for them now and doug peterson helps put together the plan and trevor lawrence they come out every week the first couple of drives are awesome it happened again tonight they, they put a touchdown up early uh they get another touchdown early second quarter it's 14 to 3 and then it just gets stagnant 
the rest of the game. And I, I can't really put it on Trevor Lawrence, who's playing out there with, with an injured knee, although he looked good running the ball. Like, what is it that you're seeing with his offense this year and then certainly in, in this game where it's like they, they seem to start off well and then they can't quite hit the levels that they were hitting at the end of last year? Well, I think one thing that's was big for them in this game, at least, was the absence of Zay, uh, Zay Jones. I almost said mm-hmm. Zay Flowers. Wrong Zay. Uh, but they, they kind of found themselves in a situation today where Jamal Agnew was taking real deal wide receiver reps for them when he's more of a gadget return guy. You know, I feel like the if in in the best use of Jamal Agnew for an NFL offense, you're probably looking at a guy who's taking screens, maybe a reverse or a jet sweep every once in a while. But where they got into trouble was, you know, having him run routes that you would expect Calvin Ridley to be making or Zay Jones to be making or Christian, Christian Kirk to be making. And for some reason, he kind of kept getting funneled the ball. Like, he had six targets uh, in the first half alone, and they tried to give him the ball in another reverse uh, that didn't really work out in their favor. So I think they're just kind of stuck when the Ridley to Lawrence connection Hmm. isn't working, right? And It wasn't working. It uh, wasn't working today at all. Agnew got six targets. Calvin Ridley had four. I don't think he had any in the first half. He only had one catch, five yards. It's been a very strange Ridley season where it's either he's the game changer or – he's kind of taken away from the offense. And that's what it felt like tonight on, on a, on a big call that they, they dial you're on a big drive when it was tied, I believe, or, or they're trying to put the game away. They go three straight plays uh, to Ridley. None of them work. They end up getting the ball back and, and getting the go ahead touchdown, but it, it's been uneven uh, throwing it to Ridley. Yeah. I think when you look at the the whole offense, it's really, they're, they're kind of incomplete when you look at, the 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 sum of their talent uh, i think having trevor lawrence it is a, a huge blessing for the jaguars we even saw that tonight coming off of a, a knee injury he still picked up a handful of clutch first downs uh on his own when things were open downfield so he's kind of gotten to a place in his career i think where he can elevate the talent around him uh and luckily they play you know the nfc south and the afc south this year so that should be uh, a, a good amount of wins for them but i think when you look at at where they're trying to be, which is at the top of the AFC. They're not quite there yet, like with the Bills or the Dolphins or the Chiefs, but they're coming. You know, I, I think they're another offseason away. But they're, they're also stacking wins as they go. And so right, what, right. one of the things I've tried to learn over the years is like, man, October, these teams, it, they don't, they're not really who they're going to be when it matters. They, they'll, they'll fool you one way or another. And the key is, do you have the pieces that are there? Are you kind of stacking wins and you're in a good position along the way? And they've done it. They start out one and two. They're up to five and two. No one in the AFC has more wins than they do as we go to sleep uh, tonight. They got Pittsburgh next week, and then they have a bye week. So um, a, a nice little stretch here where they have a lot of off days. And, and as you mentioned, the schedule's not bad at all down the stretch. So they're in good position, and, I, and we can get to their defense later, but there's some things about their defense I, I like. Um, and, and ultimately like they're improving enough on offense and Lawrence looks good this year that I'm, I'm not too worried, but I, I got to get to the saints cause it, the same, this, this whole game. Yeah. Really yeah. Well, let, let's work backwards actually at the end because the saints offense came alive in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Alvin Kamara offense, which is like what we can call the saints. He had 29 touches total. 153 yards from scrimmage total 62 are on the ground on 17 carries. 12 catches for 
for 91. I mean, everything was is checked down, checked down. Everything's going to Kamara. He's not really making plays in the second level, but he's good at making that first guy miss. But it was a very frustrating night for Derek Carr. It's a frustrating night for Saints fans who are booing the hell out of him early. He's yelling at half of his teammates during the game. Olave for stopping short on a route. Uh, Kamara for uh, changing his route up once. He's checking the ball down before even seeming to go through his reads. And then you look up at the end of the game, and here they are, like, making a fourth-quarter comeback. Uh, a Foster Morrow drop away from tying this thing at, like, 31 if they go for the extra point. And I know Dennis Allen, he's gutless. He would have definitely gone for the extra point. Like, well, what, what do you make of this Saints team after spending your night with them? Oof, that was that was well, like the, an open-ended the, question, but I'm yeah, just frustrated the, well, watching the, it. The petty Falcons fan in me, yeah, a nice kick out of that to be honest with you, because they look t- terrible for the vast majority of the game, right? Uh, and it, and honestly, for how decimated their offensive line was, I thought the protection maybe could have been a little bit worse. Like there were times when, when Josh Allen and Andres Pete. Uh, you know, had their quote-unquote battles where Josh Allen would run straight past them or they had, like, protection mix-ups mix in the middle where, uh, you know, they had guys come running, uh, running straight through the middle of the line of scrimmage. But uh, it, it's just it's just so constipated. Like, they don't really have anything <laughs> to get... That, it's the best way that it's I can describe word. it, right? It's a word for it. Uh, because Derek Carr, the most explosive playmaker they have, Chris Olave, Derek Carr has no rapport with him right now. And, you know, Olave dropped the pass uh, today, too, as well. So you look at that, the decline of Michael Thomas to where he's at right now, it kind of turns into an offense where all you have is Alvin Kamara and trying to spam the ball to him. So is Alvin Kamara going to catch 100 passes this year? I don't really think that that's a great style of offense for them. But then they come back and you have when you got to have it, they run down the field, 53 yards, three plays, score a touchdown. like. Where is that? Where has that been all game? Because it's I don't I don't think these players are as bad as maybe their production has been, but it, it was just a mess tonight. No, I think if you put Kamara or even Michael Thomas on a more functional offense, they would look better. Kamara, yeah, he has twenty three catches going into this game, so he now has thirty five on the season in four games. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's like a that's if he was playing seventeen games, that's like a pace for one. 50 and he's not the same dude he used to be uh in terms of making people miss at the second level and so some of those i've said it on this show some of those plays that used to be like 21 yards are like eight now or 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 10 um but they wore the jags down i think part of it a big part of that was just it's a short week and they ended up running 87 plays uh the jags could not stay on the field in the second half, they decided not to go for it on, on a fourth down. Uh, the Saints had a really long drive that then um, didn't score, and then they had a pick six, and then they had another long drive. So they just had the ball forever, and I think that's part of the reason why you saw the Saints look so good at the end of the game was the Jaguars' defense yeah. uh, was just worn out. But you're right on a Alave because there's frustration there. They threw the ball to him 15 times tonight for 57 yards. So that... That's under four yards per attempt when you're targeting Alave. Nothing over 14 yards. There was frustration. There's drops. And then especially early in the game, there was just straight-up misses by, by Derek Carr. So he's combining to me like a guy who plays it very safe, kind of checking down before he even looks down the field. That's why I love Thursday nights. You can watch the, the prime vision and kind of see the field. And 
he he's just hitting that Camara, you know, yeah. throwing the flat before he even takes any time. But when he is trying to go deeper down the field, it just seems like like things are off. So it it's a lot of the same, just kind of drop back and throw it. Not a lot of creativity. Like Saints fans are are done with Pete Carmichael, and they're wondering if Derek Carr is better than Andy Dalton was a year ago. Yeah, it it it, it one of the more interesting parts of the game to me was you know you said they had eighty seven plays like they had to use all of those plays to get you know down the field because as bad as they were on third down because there were so many plays where Derek Carr I, like it'd be third and eight and he's throwing short of sticks third and six he's throwing short mm-hmm. of sticks and then they end up four and six on fourth down because I think in the second half they were like well screw it we got to start going for it even if Derek's not going to you know, give us a chance down the field. We still have 41 in the backfield and we can spam that. So it, it just, it went three of 18, by the way, on, on, third, on down. Uh, third down. That was until they got that third one. That was the most third down attempts without uh, a third conversion in four years. So it's pretty rare that a team pretty does rare. that. <laughs> yeah. It just, the, the best way I can put it is offense looked very, very hard for the Saints tonight. They, 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 there's just no easy buttons. There's no outlets, and yeah, hopefully that can uh, improve for, for them as the offensive line gets healthy, and maybe Trevor Penning can improve and start to look like the first-round pick that they drafted him to be. But they, they just kind of seem to be in a, a bit of a talent deficit right now. It's it's top-heavy. You still have your stars at the top, but I think what we've seen as they've had to deal with the effects of kicking all the breeze money down the road and kicking all those contracts down the road is you start to lose like the middle class of your roster. Mm. So when an Alante Taylor gets hurt maybe you don't have someone to replace him when your offensive line gets hurt you've probably got someone cheaper than what you had in the past uh as depth so that's where you start to see it because I, I think it's interesting when people say oh the cap's not real cap's not real and for the most part like yeah you can do your tricks to to mess around with it but when you put yourself into a situation like the saints it's just a slow bleed of talent over year after year after year after year and i looked it up during the game today they are projected to have negative uh, eighty million dollars in cap space next year. So well, they they get mess around with that and yeah to a decent a degree. Bit. But to a degree. Here, here's some guaranteed money that they have next year. I know it's a little early to be talking like next year for Saints, but Derek Carr, Ramchick, you're loving this as a Falcons fan. I want to get to your reaction too about how the Saints fans are are booing the hell out of the team. But Derek Carr, Ramchick, Cam Jordan, Kamara, Taysom Hill. Jameis, they all have money that's going to be, I think, $10 million plus into next year. And yeah, they can keep spreading it out, but that's money that's going to be on their cap. And and the point is, like, these are all declining players. You know, they're not players that are on the upswing for the most part. So now you're, you're kind of tied into this core for at least a couple more years um, that aren't necessarily getting better. The whole point is to be maxing out this year to get to nine or 10 wins, to get Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis another two years at this gig. I mean, to me, that, that's been the whole point of this same season. And I think it's why the fans are especially so frustrated. How are you feeling watching them boo the hell out of the Saints? Like in the first half, the game was just like seven to three and they're booing the checkdowns to Derek Carr. Like they're three and three. They're tied for... Are they tied for first, or the Buck, Bucks are three and two? The, the Bucks they're, are first. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're basically they're they're three and three though. They're trying to get in the first place this week, and their fans are booing the hell out of them because they're kind of just sick of watching this offense. Like, how does that make you feel as a Saints fan? Uh, amazing. It it's just 
it's what like these people deserve to have. I don't know. That this is this the best way that I can put it. Uh, I mean, you're, y'all I, not in a, much of a. I know, but like I, I can't right get now. too too ahead of myself because that's, like that's, this that's, this that's, rivalry that's, does yeah. get petty enough where someone will come back and pull this and say something to me about it if uh, the Falcons' offense doesn't pick it up. But for now, I mean. He, he, uh, watching Derek Carr get booed as a Saints quarterback, it's mm. it's like everything I dreamed of this offseason. It's what yeah. I it's what I need. Uh, and and I think what's what's crazy is I found myself looking at you know his contract to see if they could get out of it after the offseason. Yeah, they kind of can. But they kind of can. Yeah, they'll they'll eat, they they can and they will if if it goes downhill. Uh, but they'll eat half of it. it we've we've right. kind of. Well, they they eat I think plus ten million or something, and they would do that if if that's what they feel like the best move is. We'll see how the rest of this season yeah. goes. The the I think the interesting thing for where Saints fans are, where where the organization is, is every year basically since Drew Brees has started to dwindle down through his retirement through this year, you're all in just based on how your roster mm-hmm. is set up. Like you you kind of have to functionally be all in. So you're starting to see diminishing returns on what being all in every single year starts to look like. And now you're, you're kind of at a spot where, Oh man, our, some of our core players are getting older. We just signed Derek Carr and he doesn't look like he's a great fit here. And now we're just kind of waving around in no man's land again. So like you said, their goal should be to get 10 wins because job security matters. If you are Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis, but I don't really see what, where this season is supposed to take them. Okay, um, we're going to take a, a quick break, but I do have a couple of points on what you just said uh, with job security coming up after the break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Okay, I do I do want to mention here how this was a, a revenge game for Doug Peterson. And I love the guys at the Saints uh, Twitter podcast. They're, I'm sure they are ranting tonight. They have one of the best team-specific podcasts out there you guys can check it out and uh one of the things that always cracks me up is they're so pissed that doug peterson uh only got a zoom interview when they hired dennis allen (laughs) that like they didn't want to fly that you know doug peterson who had won a super bowl with the eagles down in new orleans they're just gonna cheap out we're gonna we're gonna interview you on zoom because we know we got this guy in-house dennis allen who's now 18 and 42 as a head coach in the NFL. And we kind of know we're going to hire him. And so these are kind of sham interviews. We're going to do Eric uh, Bienemy like that too. And uh, we're not really going to try to get creative on offense. We're going to keep Pete Carmichael who, you know, there were some whispers reports didn't even want the OC job. Cause he was kind of, he was kind of cool with just kind of being, you know, in the background. And I'm not saying that to like say, Oh, let's just mock them. They made a bad choice. I'm saying it to point out what, what you talked about, which is like, I think they did that because Dennis Allen was the guy they knew that wasn't going to rock the boat. And, and I do think there is something about this organization where Gail Benson's there who took over for her late husband. And 
Mickey Loomis is really running this show. He has about as much power as as anyone uh, that's that's like not an owner, not a head coach. Sean Payton's out the door, and I think they just wanted to like keep it all in house. They weren't hiring any new assistants from outside the building. It's all the same people. It's like all the same players. It's just like let's just keep this all together. We don't want someone like Doug coming in here who's gonna bring in his own people, and who knows if it gets kind of sideways, like we're gonna be out of a job. So it's this whole sort of culture that I think speaks to what even you were talking about with the roster getting stale. It's just like, let's just hold on to this as long as we can. Like, I don't think there's any aspirations to win the Super Bowl. It's like, let's get paid for like four or five more years if we can. <laughs> and that's like, I get it. Like, I get the motivation oh, yeah. to make that happen. But like, I don't think long-term success is going gonna, is gonna to happen when you make decisions like that. No. And at the time, I kind of understood it because – I do think where they were as far as like their roster construction in their cap space was kind of relevant for the hire they made. You know, I don't I don't think it was quite an inspiring hire because, like you said, 18 and 42 record kind of kind of speaks for itself after a while. Uh, but you're at a point where, <clears throat> excuse me, you can't really blow it up and rebuild due to the contracts you have. So maybe you just say, ah, let's run it back to a degree. And for Doug, that worked out great for you, man. Like you got yeah. to, you fell into the lap of Trevor Lawrence, That's and now true. that gets to be your it protege. It was much better that way, and that that was yeah. at the point in the off season too. I, Doug Peterson was not sure to get a job. I forget now off the top of my head who Jacksonville's first pick was, uh, but it wasn't Doug Peterson. Was uh, it? Was that the the Byron Leftwich year? Was that it? Mm, wow, no, maybe. No, no. I think that was the year after. He didn't want it. Uh, it was the same hiring cycle as Allen, and uh, but they ended up with the better coach with, with Doug Peterson. And uh, thank you. This is why I like the TNF recaps. It's the only time we go this deep into one team. It's the only time I really feel like I have the space where my regular co-hosts, Mark and Dan, aren't just going to cut me off from making my three-minute um, rant on the Saints have just been trying to protect their jobs all these years with yeah. Dennis Allen. It, it was Byron Leftwich. I just looked it up. Memory did not fail. Yeah, they, they picked Doug over Byron, then Byron got fired after this past season. Mm. Well, they made, they made a good choice. Doug, Doug Peterson doing a good job. And then the f- last thing on the Saints is y- you mentioned how, yeah, they didn't protect Carr well tonight maybe a little better than you would expect they did have backups at, at their tackle position that you know they they suddenly are, are very banged up there um but that speaks to the weirdness that's going on there their first round pick trevor penning was their left tackle starter the whole season until last week when an article goes up on neworleansfootball.com i don't know how deep you, you've gotten into this charlie uh, but, no. but i'm deep at the saints twitter um talking basically about how bad trevor penning's been with oh, I've watched him play. Sources inside the organization and saying how he's messing up the run game and that he's going to be benched, and that's how he learned that he was going to be benched. And I'm I'm fine with like them benching Trevor Penning. He struggled, um, but this is some Dennis Allen stuff where he and he did it back in Oakland and he's done it a little bit in New Orleans with when they were going to trade C.D. Deuce, uh, where he started seeing all this stuff popping out in the media, and he's just like kind of using the media to explain what he's going to do. But it's like, just tell the man, just tell the man you're bent. Right. You don't, you don't need to like do some whole sourcing and bury him in, in the media. So it's like, I, I don't think players respect that and they're not stupid. Believe me, if I'm talking about it, they're talking about it. Well, especially with the Trevor Penning thing, it's not like benching him would not have been totally justified based on watching him play. Uh, 
So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know sure, why you would they have got to. Like, get... They got, and then their left tackle got hurt, and then their backup left tackle got hurt. And right, now he's right. like the fifth string tackle. What's going on? They didn't start. Uh, I know. It, it's crazy. Like, it, it kind of seems like they're just waving the white flag on that pick already, which is kind of crazy, but he really has been that bad. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's also kind of an indictment on maybe even where they are, like culturally, that, that, they would rather go Andres Pete and Cam Irving as your tackles and even just try to have your first round tackle, you know, just give it a go. So he, he was it, on the field when they like lined up. Uh, I don't know if it was like seven on the line or something for that Taysom Hill touchdown. Oh, yeah. at the end Sanders of the game. in the backfield, the defensive you got, tackle. You got your defensive tackle, Caleb Sanders in the backfield. You got Trevor Petting over there as like a extra tight end. I mean, Every time I watch the Saints, I can't believe I got to this place, but I'm like, give me more Taysom Hill. Man, like they're <laughs> off. You know? He's pretty good at what he does. He's not worth he's not worth the money that he gets. He's guaranteed like $13 million next year, by the way, too. So he's not going anywhere. But it's like, at least they got some juice when he's on the field. He's been pretty good this year. <laughs> as, as someone who has been on the wrong end of a lot of Taysom Hill runs, as far as Falcon fans go, I swear to God, that Taysom Hill quarterback power run is like one of the most unstoppable plays in in football. Like when the goal line, they can run it on first down and short yardage. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's not a play you can run every single down. But as a, as a nice little change up, it's, be, it's become kind of a, a crutch for their offense at times. And maybe he was worth that that contract that they gave no, him a few years ago. I don't think so. But he was <laughs> actually turning so. into like a decent tight end. He went four for 50 tonight. Like, you see him out there actually running some real routes because yeah yeah I'm watching the next gen stats feed and like he he's lined up as a wide receiver I I don't know how many snaps it seemed like quite a bit of snaps it's it's kind of crazy but it just goes to show like that they're a wild they're a wild organization I love having them in the NFL because there's no other team that's trading multiple first round picks and trading up for Trevor Penny and trading multiple first round picks for Chris Olave they they just do whatever the hell they want give this contract yep. to Taysom Hill they don't care. It's fun. It, it, it's definitely fun to watch because I, I respect it to a degree. Just the the never tank philosophy. Yeah, like we're we're not bottoming out. We're going for it. But it, it's just starting to deteriorate. And I think this year is really one of the the heaviest times where you can see. Oh wow, this is kind of going to be a multi year rebuild for them to get back yep. to where they want to be. But like like your Falcons and, and like the Bucks, this division is is pretty pretty lousy so everyone's got got hope and so the saints still have hope at three and four but i'm, I'm kind of glad they're three and four because they deserve to be three and four they don't deserve to be four and three let let's finish by talking some positive uh about the jaguars maybe where we see them them going from here uh i've been really impressed this year with foyer aluakon he's the one who got the pick six here and darius Williams, who really struggled last year on the outside, he came over from from the Rams, winning the Super Bowl there, where where he was a great story. Really struggled a year ago, and this year has been making a lot of good plays on the football. And I believe he's the one that tipped up that pass that ended up uh, being taken back in by Aluakon. And I'm just seeing a lot of players that are a little more comfortable in this Mike Caldwell scheme uh, in their second year, and they they. Came into tonight leading the league in turnovers. Uh, they they for, forced one tonight. Uh, they were without their best cornerback. Uh, still look pretty good out there for the most part. Like, just tell me what you see and kind of what stands out with this defense this year. Oh, the run defense is so yeah. good. Like they just pummel people up front. 
Uh, I thought one of the most impressive sequences that, that sequences that they had was uh, when they got down to the goal line and they gave up the first down. And it was like a, the 16 play drive where Taysom Hill scored on the fourth down, but they stuffed them on first and goal, second and goal, third and goal. I, before they gave it up on fourth down, that that stuff was so impressive to me. And I think we just watched how they beat up uh, on the on the Saints O line throughout the night. It's like, man, if they can just get something out of Trayvon Walker, because Josh Allen's here this year, if they can just get something out of Trayvon Walker, like that defense could really really ascend because they have the run defense. Like you said, when Tyson Campbell gets back, I think that secondary is looking pretty good, especially with the development of Andre Cisco uh, on the back end. If you can just get another pass rusher to pair at that run defense and the development of linebackers, like that defense is going to be an, uh, just a pain when it gets to the playoffs. Yeah, and Trayvon Walker does contribute in the running game. He's a good yeah. he's a good run defender, and they're tough to push. Uh, they're, they've actually gotten healthier. I think Devon Hamilton, was he back? He, he's been he's coming back. back soon. He's a backer is coming back soon, yeah. And and um, if if they're somewhat balanced, they got to get their offense to improve. But this was one of those games where it was like they were negative two in turnovers in the first half, and they went into halftime up 17-6. Despite the Saints, I'm, doing, I'm counting it now, got seven possessions in the first half. And so, and the and the Jaguars only held them to six. So I look at that stuff. Then they they hold them to a field goal. Then they get the pick six. So at that point in the game, we're into the fourth quarter now. The defense has already been on the field for nine or ten possessions. They've actually scored more points with that pick six than they've given up. At that point, it's totally on the Jaguars' offense that the game isn't just over, over. And if the Jaguars' offense didn't go three plays, four plays, then first down uh, and punt and downs, and then first down and punt in the second half. Like, this score would have been different, and we would have been talking about the Jaguars. Like, we wouldn't be looking at a 24 spot that, that New Orleans put up. So I, I, it's one of those things you got to watch the, the whole game to get the whole right. story. Because to, to me, the Jaguars' the offense, for the most part, uh, let them down um, you know, after that first quarter surge, and the, and the defense won them this game. Yeah, it, this was a, a defensive-led performance for sure. Uh, I, I, I would find this performance a little concerning if I was a Jaguars fan because, like, you've made it to the playoffs. You've had a signature moment by coming back from the Chargers and even playing well against the Chiefs for the most part in that divisional game. So now you, you, you kind of want a little bit more. And to me, like, a performance like that, when we're stuck in park for, like, two quarters at a time, that's a little it's concerning. every game, though, this year. That right, was I know. The Bills. Yeah. That was against the Colts last week, actually. Even um, against the Falcons in the second half. They weren't right, really moving they, the even ball. Even the Chiefs game, which, which they didn't win, but they, they were kind of stuck there the whole time. It's It's been consistent like this. That, it's a little concerning. But when they got the ball, I got to say, for some reason, I just was like, the Saints are going to mess this up one way or another. Like, even when it was tied, I was like, I don't know how the Saints are going to lose this, but they're going to lose it. And to the Jaguars' credit, they get the ball back after punting it. 3.45 left after a terrible punt on the Saints 46. Uh, second play of that drive, Christian Kirk um, just made Honey Badger look slow. Kind of hurt my heart because I'm a big Honey Badger fan. But, uh, yeah, that was tough. i never seen Christian Kirk look so good. So give them some credit for you know their best two players on offense for the most part is Lawrence and Etienne. But Kirk's probably third right now, and, and Kirk made a big-time play there, 44 yards to go win the game. 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was like a poor one out for Honey Badger moment because uh, wow. he got dusted, and it, it was it was one of those moments where so where Christian Kirk you could see the he was accelerating away and Honey Badger just kind of stayed at the same speed. And I was like, oh no, the, the it, it ain't quite you know 2018 anymore. But uh, I think I think that's kind of where the Saints are going to exist though for the mm. next few years. Right. Not where the Jaguars are though, because. That's a young. That's a young, good roster that you can still add pieces to. No, and they'll have, they'll have decisions to make. Josh Allen is having a crazy good contract year, so they might have to use the tag with him. But Calvin Ridley's a free agent too, so there, there's a lot coming up. But they don't have to worry about that. That they, they got a chance to do things this year in yep. this AFC. They are the favorites in the AFC South. You're one of my favorites, Charles. I appreciate you. Exemplus Podcast. That's What's right. up? And you're Back. still writing the four verts on yahoo.com. You're still doing, oh, yeah. doing the good thing. One of my favorite columns out there and, and writing some other stuff during the week. Yeah. Uh, going to uh, Philly this week for the Dolphins Eagles game. So oh, dang. Really excited about All that. Right. Uh, Why well, I, I root for um, the Eagles there. I locked them up. We do our locks of the week every, every week. It's a competition. I, I wanted to take the Jags. I said it, and then Lawrence's injury freaked me out. I didn't want to have to wait until game time, so I got off the Jags. So Eagles better come through with me. For yeah. me. What? Who you got in that game? For? We'll Eagles, they just signed Julio. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's Charles. Still, still thinking not just about uh, the Super Bowl, but the following year when I, when I was with you. I was at, I was in Philadelphia. For some reason, I liked that Falcons team because I wanted them to get some redemption. I think they had a chance to win the Super Bowl that next year. People so don't close. remember that. They were so and, close. And Matt Ryan sailed that. Uh, well, that you know what we almost had that Julio. year. What? You know what we almost had that year was Falcon Saints NFC title game because mm. that was the Stefan Diggs uh, catch last year too. One play away in each game from Falcon Saints NFC title game, which is basically like World War Three. Yeah, yeah. Instead, we got Brandon Graham strip sap and. Strip sack and my guy Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Charles, uh, great job again. Fun game. Jaguars win it 31 24. We will be back here on Sunday for the flagship recap show. In the meantime, keep the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 